glory, glory, glory be unto God. My God, my God, we do just want to welcome each and every last one of you to the In the Church TV and Radio Broadcast. And on tonight, we have a very dynamic program lined up for you. You know that in the church, we shine the light of God's word in the church, exposing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen. Oh, Amen. my God. So that we can be trained and equipped in truth. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. So that we can live as the church Amen. in Jesus' name. So this is what I want you to do for us on tonight. I want you to go ahead and share this broadcast on your social media platforms. Go ahead and email somebody, text it over to somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. this link, because they need to be in the church on tonight. We're going to deal with a serious matter. We're having a very powerful conversation in the yes, church yes. on tonight. Hallelujah. Have you ever, oh, before I get into this, <laughs> I'm ready to Lord. go. Amen, right, amen, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Look, we got to have a very powerful topic. I'm ready to go to 100 already in the church. Y'all know how amen, I am amen, sometimes. Amen. So I got to just bring me back here now. But we've been to get ready to deal with a very powerful topic. Um, glory to God, have, have you ever been dealing with a dead, are you dealing with a dead situation? Hallelujah. You know somebody else that's dealing with a dead situation. Once a night, we're going to talk about some resurrection power. Yes, uh, yes. Glory to God in the church. In the church. But before we go in any further, I'm going to go ahead and let Apostle take us to the throne of grace. Back up one yes. more time. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, go ahead and get us tonight. Get us tight and right in the church. On tonight. Yes, I am your host. Yes. Apostle DeRoche Zorn. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And Hallelujah. we have our co-host, none other than the Apostle Patrick Allen. Praise the Lord. Praise Hallelujah. The Lord. Praise the Lord. And we got a very special guest with us all the way from North Carolina yes, in yes. the church with us on tonight. And I'm so excited about it. He is none other than Daryl Cook. And we're going to talk about him. I formally introduce him yes, in yes. a moment. Amen. Glory amen, to God. Thank amen. you, Jesus. Go ahead and take us to the throne of grace. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just want to thank you for another day, oh yes, Lord. Lord. Lord, we thank you because you didn't have to let it be, but it is. And we glorify you in it, oh God. No matter what the situation and the circumstances, oh God, you seem to make a way out of no way, oh God. You bring us over, Lord, even though if the bridge collapse, oh God, you become the pathway and the bridge for us to cross over, oh God. Now, God, we ask that you move in this room and in this place right now, oh God. Lord, you said that where there were two or three touching and agreeing, the Lord, that you would be in the midst of God, right now, we just want to say thank you right now, oh God. Lord, we ask that the people that are watching, oh God, somebody need a word for deliverance, oh God. Somebody need a shaking and a changing in their life, oh God. Somebody's mind needs to be regulated. Somebody's yes, heart Lord. needs to thank be mended, you, oh God. Somebody needs to know that you are still alive and living and walking the earth to and fro, oh God. And Lord, we thank you for allowing us 
to take the opportunity, oh God, to magnify your name, to let them know that you do live and you live forever and ever, oh God. Now use us today, oh God. Come in the room, oh God. Allow us to say something, oh God, to your people that are watching, oh God. For Lord, they're seeking a sound, a word, something that says that you love them, that you still care and that there's still hope, oh God. Now, Lord, as we go forth in this ministry, oh God, that you would use us, oh God, right on our tongues, oh yes, God. Use Lord. our tongues, use our hearts, speak to our minds, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost come in this room and move right now, oh God. Lord, so that we'll be able to share what you have for your people, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, I do decree and declare Hallelujah. it. It is done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank Hallelujah. you, Jesus. Thank you. Glory. Thank you, God, that it Jesus. is so. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I'm telling you, we got a power pack. Hallelujah. Um, broadcast on tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It's just going to be absolutely amazing and absolutely wonderful. And I'm telling you, we are dealing with, we're going to we're gonna raise some dead situations. We're going to bring back to life some things that have died in your life. Amen, do amen. you know, I'm telling you, do you know anybody that's dealing with a dead situation? You want to get them on this broadcast on, on tonight. On, on. Glory to God. Do you, do you feel like your marriage dead or your finances just dead? Or do it feel like, amen, that you just don't feel like living any longer? Are you feeling in a place, amen, glory to God, thank you, Jesus, where it seems like you just ain't going to make it, Hallelujah. that you are at an end of your wits and you just don't know what to do? Do you have, yeah. do you feel like that the issue going on with your children that is just dead? Um, do you feel like your career is dead or your business is dead or your ministry is dead or you in a dead relationship uh, with your parents or amen with your siblings have some things just died in your life uh, yeah. oh now let me forget about those dreams yes those goals mm. those visions my god my god hallelujah thank you jesus your purpose yes oh my god yes uh, tonight is your night tonight is your night amen hallelujah because we serve a god Oh, true uh, with resurrection power. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, uh, who bring those things that are dead back yes. to life. Uh, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, yes, but yes. my God, uh, uh, Christ, Jesus has come so that we may have life and life more abundantly. So I want you to go ahead and share this broadcast on your social media platforms. Amen. As I get ready to introduce our dynamic guest that we have in the church with us on tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He was born in Bedford, South Carolina, where he not only was a part of a singing group called the Hallelujah singing singers but also appeared as an extra in the movie daughters of the dust Amen. and forrest gump he currently lives in beltmode north carolina and owns his own business called anointed creations by daryl cook where he provides the following services videography to any special occasion 
voiceover. <laughs> voiceover productions uh, of musical CDs and DVDs for any special occasion. We bless God for the anointing. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I use some of them. Excuse. Right. He is in. <laughs> dynamic man of God hearts for and has had the opportunity to share the powerful message of the late great civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. doing the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. celebration held every year at the Levine Museum of the New South tonight as we have our title resurrection in the church um this title is brought all about amen because of the dynamic book the powerful book that this dynamic man has written it is his first book and it is entitled being raised from a dead horizontal he talks about his life journey from the darkness of his mother womb into a world of trials and tribulations that have helped him to grow from a boy and become the man that he is on today. Hallelujah. He realizes and he realizes understanding knows that the Bible is right when it says train up a child in the way that he should go and when he get old he will not depart from it. He and his wife, Kimberly, has been married since 2014, and they have a total of three children and one grandchild. Amen. They also have a business called You Ain't Got No Sense, right. <laughs> where they sell and promote all natural skin care products, as well as sell African attire, jewelry, natural oils, and much, much more. They are members of St. Paul Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Reverend Dr. Charles Scott is the pastor. They also are minister, ministry leaders of a dance group called Davidic Praise Adult Dance Ministry, as Daryl is also a youth teacher for the United Missionary Baptist Association. You guys go ahead and give it up um, for author, business owner, entrepreneur, Daryl Cook Amen. in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. It is an honor to have you in the church on tonight. As I said, we're going to be talking about his book on tonight being raped being raised from a dead horizontal in this place in the name of Jesus. Jesus. So what we're gonna start here. I'm excited, I'm excited. You guys know about Lazarus, right? You know Amen, amen. Amen. And you know that he died. Yeah. And he died a natural death. We're gonna be dealing with 
spiritual death and you know things here but we're gonna get the parallel here together once a night in the church as we're talking about the resurrection god that we serve and we're talking about resurrection and the man of god he he was resurrected from a dead horizontal being raised so we're going to talk about that on tonight and so we know Lazarus he died and he was dead for four days and Jesus finally made it up on the scene yes and hallelujah thank you Jesus when he got there he went and visited him at the tomb and he said Lazarus come forth Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when he told Lazarus to come forth uh, Lazarus got up out the grave Uh amen Life was restored back in his body. So on tonight, we're going to deal with the resurrection power of Christ Jesus as we explore being raised from a dead horizontal. What's in your life? That needs to be called back to life from the grave. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus Apostle. Uh, Let's deal with... Well... So often when, when we look at our lives or, or we think about death, uh, when, when some things go cold or dormant and, and die out, uh, we as people have a tendency to just say, well, that's what it was, or uh, I, I can't do that anymore, or it was just something I did then, not realizing that it may have been a purpose, that it may have been a point. It may, may have been the main thing in your life that would have carried you over or even put you in that position or in that special place that you didn't need to worry anymore. But because Satan came in and snuffed it out or, or stole it or, or even, as, as we often say, took it or stole it. Because it says the devil comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and when I think about death and I think about Lazarus, I... Uh, uh, I think about all of us being Lazarus waiting on Jesus to show up at our grave. Mm. Show up, Lord. And, 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 and the picture that I get is how many times we're walking around with loved ones and friends and we're saying, you know, I wish I could do this or I sure wish I could do that. But it, but it, it lives within you, but it has died. But they still see it. You, you, isn't it often funny how someone say, are you this? Are you that? Do you do this? Do you do that? And you go, no, no, I, I don't even see that. I, I didn't, you know, I thought about not realizing because of life that you may have died and not even known that someone else can see the light that still lives. That, that, that if Jesus just stopped by, if you could just get that touch, then you could become that thing or that person or become mature enough or just that life changing. Because Jesus, Lazarus had lived life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lazarus, Lazarus wasn't no, he wasn't, life wasn't stolen from him. Now he had lived life. Yes, he did. And he had died. Now everybody else around him felt like, well, you know, it wasn't time. It wasn't time. Mm-hmm. But just to know that he showed up. And when he showed up, he called him by his name. And the grave clothes had to give up the life. He had to give up the body. He had, had to allow him to come back. How many times are we walking around and, and it, all it takes is that one word, that, 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 that one song that, that, that God allows or Christ allows or that the Holy Ghost allows to pass by and you go, hmm. And it shakes us. It changes us. Because it's, it's that one moment that life, because in a twinkling of an eye, we come, a twinkling of an eye, we go. 
So that I mean, so when I think about that, think about what in our lives that that if if I wake it back up, what what would really happen if I allow the Lord to come in and shake that thing or mold me? What really will happen, or do, or do we really want to be resurrected horizontally? Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Do you really want to be resurrected? <clears throat> you know what's coming across my mind right now. You know, so many times, men of God, we want to bring to life the things that need to be dead. Oh, say it again. They don't hear you. They don't hear that. <laughs> and a lot of things that need to be alive to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And so. With that, you know, being said, and, you know, I love this title when, when I see it, I was like, man, Jesus. What brought forth this title being raised from a dead horizontal? Uh, being raised from a dead horizontal was actually uh, birthed, if you will, from... I don't like that word. Uh, I like the word birth. <laughs> I was uh, incarcerated at the time. Um, and I was going through some things uh, spiritually, mentally. Um, and during the time that I was in the county jail, um, uh, well, let me back up. During my arrest, um, I attempted suicide. Um, and what I wanted was the police officers to actually take me out because I didn't want to go to prison. Um, so I pulled uh, from its sleeve on the wall an 18-inch knife. Amen. And I put it to my throat. Good. And I challenged police officers to shoot me because I wanted to die. Amen. Amen. Um, I didn't want to go to prison. Um, but somehow, some way, um, God saw fit to step into the situation. And when the police officers themselves sprayed pepper spray, my God. Um, the Amen. pepper spray in turn affected all of us in the room to the point where they had to back out the room and then had to come back in the room to get me out the room. Um, and when I got to the county facility, oh God, I was placed God. on suicidal watch. Um, and my mother came to visit me and she sent a word to me, well, a word was sent to me from my grandmother who raised me. And she said, you tell him that you're not crazy and you're not fooling. Hmm. And so, like you said, that was the thing that stirred something in me to say, you know what, hold up. She's right. Uh. <laughs> I'm not crazy and I'm not fooled. And she said to me again, she said, so stop letting these white folks think you crazy. Amen. And hence came the birth of being raised from a dead horizontal. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> you know, even as he was speaking, I just heard, you know, I just heard, you should live and not die. Said, even in that moment, in that place, Jesus, where he was, wanted to commit suicide, <laughs> was trying to get the police to do a homicide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God said, you're going to live and not die. And you're going to see the salvation. You're going to seek my salvation and declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's, that's what's going forth right here, right now. Amen. Declaring the works of the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I also believe that that was for somebody out there who may be in a place where you have suicidal thoughts. 
who may be in a place where there's a standoff between the truth and a lie. Well, the enemy wants to try to kill your dream, trying to kill your purpose, uh, trying to cause you to make you lose your mind. Uh, that God is saying right here, right now, uh, that you shall live and not die and declare the works. Oh, Shabbat Messiah of the Lord in the name of Jesus. I want to talk about this thing called death or this thing that will we know the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy so i want to deal with that for a moment because in some people in some situations in some circumstances and amen glory to god thank you jesus and even uh minister daryl you know i just believe that the enemy came to steal kill and destroy in your life there were some things that transpired to get you to that place where you just wanted to die and so we're going to deal with that because i want to deal with that for a moment because so that people need to understand the different things that happen in life that could bring us to a point to cause things to die to even cause us to want to die ourselves, whether it's by the hand of somebody else, or whether it's our own selves. Amen. 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 And the suicide rate is just on the horizon like never before. And I just believe that in this conversation on tonight, that it's going to save some people. So let's talk about the things that will bring one to death. Whether it's their whether it's spiritually, mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. psychologically, as well as physical. I'm going to start with you, Apostle, because then we're going to get back to the life of Daryl Cook. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Just to God be the glory. Hey, to God be the glory. As you were speaking, I, I have the gift of seeing the actual moment, time, the actual object. If if those that are out there that you are always dealing with the law because right now that's a big issue right now in our lives and in our time. The law. You know, whether it be right or whether it be wrong, whether you be right or it be wrong. But when you come in contact with the true law, the law giver, the law sustainer and the one that changes law. Because he said, I didn't come to leave it, but I came to change it. Didn't come to take it away. But I made sure that everyone can live in their own time sufficiently. Yeah. Everybody can get by. Don't take the old and put it into a new wine scheme. Mm-hmm. And when I when I when I listen to the story, for those that really don't understand pepper spray, when you walk into a room and you did just to know that you have so many people on you at one time, it's easy to pull a gun than it is to pull a can of mm. pepper spray. Mm. Because nowadays they're not gonna pull no pepper spray. Right. Right, they're they, they, they they, they are, they are not coming right, so they're not gonna leave the right results. Mm. So God had the right men come in at the right time and do the right thing to the right person. Mm. 
Because when you want to die, well, we don't get out of death. And, and, and this is what's amazing to me that because he is the creator and the lawgiver, when we are in those situations and those circumstances and we are trying to either take our lives or we pushing somebody, go ahead and do it for me because I, I can't do it. So I know if I do this, this is what's supposed to happen. If I step out in front of a truck and it hit me, I'm supposed to die. But now God didn't write it that way, but that's the way we term it. We, we translate it. If I pull this knife, they're going to shoot me. Now, not, not that they can wrestle me down. But they can pepper spray me. Well, we're not going to pepper spray. That, 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 but now today in the law, it ain't gonna, we're going to just shoot. When you shoot a, 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 a naked man running and he has psychological problems, you're not even worried about if he has a weapon at all. Because there again, he draws a weapon. Even though he put it next to himself, who to say? But because God sent the right people at the right time to do the right thing in the midst of death. Life got to stay. Life got to continue. Not only must it stay, but now I got to cause abundant life. Because you killed the simple one. The simple one was killed because the act caused that. But the abundant life kicked in where it says, not sure you shall live, but you gonna ex I'm going to exalt you. Because now you at your lowest. There's nothing else for you to live for. You done triggered. You've caused my, 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 my other servants to come in and do something that they, not, they don't even have authority to do. Because we don't have authority to take life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have to give an account of life. But we can't take it. He's the only giver and taker. But to know that he turned around and he changed that situation. That no matter what we're in and what we're dealing with. Know that there's a ram in the bush. Know that if, because if you feel like dying, you are the ram that's in the bush. Know that there's a way. Know that you did not come here to be cut short. There was no mistake that we're sitting here. There's no mistake that wherever you are in your life, if we can get that, when I need to die and I feel like I need to die, we need to figure out which one needs to die, the flesh or the spirit. Mm -hmm. Oh, the flesh of the spirit, you know, Paul said there was another law working in my members. Because <laughs> see, uh, see, we ain't been taught. We haven't been able to distinguish. Because we can, it's all right to have the feeling and the thought. Mm -hmm. But have we addressed? Have we addressed? Mm -hmm. The flesh is always speaking, but the, the spirit is the one that has to make the general movement. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. the spirit said, hold on. Flesh said, yeah, but I'm trying to get up out of here. But the Spirit said, I need to work another work. Where the Holy Ghost? Where it said, send the right. Because that's the one that's going to have the supreme rule. And, and, and when we find ourselves in that city, because see, we, we won't study. We, we, we'll look at it, but we won't say. He said, I can't open up I, unless you spend time. I can't reveal unless you spend time. Because there's got to be two deaths. Because there's two births. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How can I be born, Father, unless I go back into the womb? No, no, no. It ain't that birth. Mm -hmm. That one you've already come. But I, I got another birth. Well, how should I die? Well, you got to die the flesh to this world in order for you to be birthed into the spirit and for you to live again. Amen. That's, that's the word. That's the word, Apostle. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. And so it's when that Ooh. other member, that that other law is working in our members. And, you know, amen, and it's, it's fighting against us, this flesh. It's fighting against us. And just like you said, that's why we have to have the word of God in us mm -hmm. to combat the, the, the enemy. 
Amen. To combat the flesh so that we can die to this flesh so our spirit man can rise up. I want to deal with the, the things that walk us to this place. Because nobody just come to a place that and just say, arise, oh, today is the day I want to commit suicide. Today is the day. Hallelujah. You know, not even that I want to take somebody else's life. Nobody just wake up with that thought. That's some series of events, events. that take place in somebody's life um, that lead them down the road um, to a traumatic event uh, or to uh, uh, to the, I guess, the, 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 the finale mm-hmm. of what they were trying to be, the finale of a thing. And God, man, Jesus! Hallelujah! And God won't let it in. He won't give it a finale. My God, the Ooh, ain't over. Jesus! The, ain't over. the better is to come. Yeah, but... The better is to come. Yes, we can't, Jesus. We can't see it. We can't see it. So, my God. So let's talk about this, because, and I really want to dig in it because there's so many people dealing with so many issues. So let's just let's start from the beginning. Let's start of your first chapter. In the beginning, I know we got a beginning of a thing. And so let's talk about some of those things that led you to the point that got you, that pushed you to the ledge. Uh, well, I was born in 1973. Um, my grandmother raised me from the age of two months old, um, doing part to my mother being considered by the system or society is being unfit. Um, So from two months old uh, onward, uh, she raised me in the church, um, hence why I've used the scripture, train up a child in the way he should go. Mm -hmm. And when he is old, he would not depart from it. Mm -hmm. Because that was every Sunday thing. Every Sunday I would be in church. Every Sunday I would be in the front pew. Uh, While she was singing in the choir, you were going to sit in the front pew and you weren't going to move. Amen. um, so at 17, as a juvenile, um, I began uh, getting into trouble with the law. Uh, it started small, stealing things here and there. Um, then I moved on to bigger things. I moved on to uh, safe cracking. I moved on to burglary second. I moved on to grand larceny. Um, because growing up, I did not have what my friends had or my peers had. Um, I didn't have the latest... Jordans. I didn't have the latest uh, name brand clothes, name brand shoes. Uh, my grandmother did what she could with what she had. Um, I watched her clean houses to make a living. I watched her um, go into office buildings to clean office buildings for a living. But I didn't have what my friends had. I didn't know the price that uh, their parents paid basically to give them what they had. And um, My father wasn't there. Um, and I speak about that in my book too. I even ask God a lot of times, why? Why would you give me the thought of having a father, but physically he wasn't there? So that was part of the reason too why I started acting out. Because, okay, if I act out, maybe he'll come up. Maybe he'll show up. Maybe he'll uh, come save me out of my trouble. Maybe he'll step up and be like, you know what? Okay, son, I got you. Come on. Right, you, right. you ain't got to do this by yourself. Right, you ain't got to right, do right. what you're doing. Right. I got you. Right. Um, but he never did. 
even at 44 years old, I still have no idea who he is. My God, um, my God. Hmm. And so hence, the book again, Being Raised from the Dead Horizontal, I speak about that. I talk about life. I talk about um, growing up. When I got to that point at 21 years of age, and these people cornered me in this building that I was in, and I just was ready to say, you know what, forget it. I'm tired. I'm tired of life. I'm tired of causing my grandmother grief. I'm tired of taking her through things that I really shouldn't be doing. I'm already a part of a group called the Hallelujah Singers. I've appeared in the movie Forrest Gump. So uh, the success for me was there, but that really wasn't what I wanted. I wanted my father, and I wanted just to have the things that other people had. That way my grandmother's life would be comfortable. The way she wouldn't have to worry about it. Oh, and, and I had a job. So what would cause a 21-year-old person who has a job to say, I still want to rob. I still want to commit crimes. I was just, well, I don't want to say bored, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it was. I was bored. I wanted more. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I, I think it was... You know, the, the pain, you know, even as, you know, just hearing you speaking, amen, Lord to God, thank you, Jesus, and just hearing, okay, rejection being there and abandonment, you know, being there and, you know, poverty, you know, being there and, you know, wanting more. It's something about the king on the inside of you, knowing that, you know, there is much more, but it's beyond my capacity to see that more. And because of that, I'm stuck in a place of pain. I'm stuck in a place of hurt. I'm stuck in a place of confusion. And when you don't have, when people are not there to see that my pain is causing me to produce these types of behaviors. Amen. He said, look, I just wanted my father to be there. You know, in spite of everything that I had. Amen. Amen. I desired my father. And so, you know, many a times, and I'm bringing this up, because many a times, you know, we have these children who are, amen, Lord to God, thank you, Jesus, who are having various forms of behavior. And nobody's looking at their behavior. Their, their behavior is being produced out of their pain. I'm going to pause right there because I'm going to come back and talk about you. Amen. And, and what we are doing in society when it comes to that. Instead of dealing with the real issue at hand. I'm going to hand it to you for a second. Listening and, and getting a clear of what I'm hearing, or what I what, what what's going on there again. My father was in and out because of my mother uh, confusion that she kept up. So it was better to stay away than to put on the front and to deal with the person in the fire. So it's better to stay away, not 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 looking at how is this affecting my child, or more or less even myself. You know, you know. Because we don't realize when to be true believers, the way we handle one another should affect us. 
up front, it should hit us before we even initiate, but definitely after the meeting, after it should dwell on you even the more. Lord, did I do right? Did I say it right? Did, did, did I take them to the right place? Did I, did, you know, because it, it, if you love God, you want to know, Lord, did I get a good report? Because he said, you're going to get a report. Because your works will show up and you, you, it's going to be read back. And, and, and I, I needed to read out, you did okay. You did all right. You get my stamp of approval, you know. So when I, when I listen at you, I hear a, uh, there again, emptiness. Lord, I, I'm, I'm empty. Uh, if, yeah, I'm going to church. I hear about you. They singing. I'm singing. And, uh, but right now it's more amusing if I do something bad because I, I'm not being glorified. And it's only for a limited time because it's like, okay, that's enough of that. I got to do something bigger than what I did that time in order for them to recognize me. And, and all I want to do is just get patted on the back. All I want to do is say, man, you did a good job. Or, son, you did good. Or, or, or daughter, you look pretty today. Or, or girl, you, you, you're becoming a, a fantastic young woman. But instead, you're doing all right. Or it's okay. And not realizing when someone is pulling, when someone is looking and saying, hey, I need a little bit more here. Or, 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 or you didn't have to cook all that. If you just made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and sit down on the side of me, that man, that, that was Thanksgiving. But instead, you, you gave me all that you could give me. But all I wanted was your time. So how, how many, how often uh, in our families and our communities, because it takes a village to raise a child, because you have to look at the entities that you went to. You, you sat every Sunday on the pew and listened to Grandma saying, okay, but how many of the men folk said, hey, let me, let me grab that young man. Come here, boy. Let, let, let me, let's go play basketball. Let's go sit down. Let's, let's talk. What are you trying to become? Who are you trying to be? Even if I'm wrong, what are you trying to prove? Because, see, I didn't have a father, but I had certain men in the church that if I could just sit down, I had an image of, Lord, I don't know what they go through, but if I could live like them, if I could, if I could hold down it and just... And I thank God for that, even though I had my own challenges. But I thank God because I, I look at our what are our children looking at today? That's causing this death. That's causing death because we yet still we alive, but we're killing each other daily because we're not recognizing the death that is resting upon right. us. The hurt, the pain, yes, yes. the confusion. Come. Show enough confusion. The abuse. Amen. Um, depression and oppression, loneliness and bitterness, anger, the wrath. But have we ever have we ever been taught real love? From generation to generation, have we really been handed down real love? Because the devil don't try no new tricks. Mm. He just keeps flipping. <clears throat> And then what he does is run the camera backwards on us. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Well, your mama knew, but you shoulda, coulda, woulda. But instead of saying, but you can get out. You can break it. You can change it because it's, it's in you. So you, you said something. You said something that was real good. You said that you had people that was in, men that was in, in places that, you know, if you just you sat down with them and they was, you know, and they, you know, took the time you know, to impart in your life. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
and, and it made a difference in your life. Um, so, Mr. Darrell, as you was growing up, you know, we talk about your youthful years, and you were early, you know, before you got 17, and, you know, and I know you, you desired that daddy. Was there men in your life that imparted, you know, wisdom? I, I had a, an uncle um, that I call my big brother. Um, and he would, like you said, he would take me out every night again when he wasn't at college. Um, he would yeah. come home, take me to play basketball. Um, in elementary school, uh, junior high school, my first love was music. So there were some band directors that took an interest and said, listen, we're going to teach you about music so this can be your outlet. So when you go home, instead of you feeling like you just can't function, you can't make it, listen, hey, go sheet of music, look over yes, it, yes. Right, just play it, listen to it, listen to the music, and I guess from that, that grew my love of music. Um, so from elementary, junior high, high school, I was in the marching band, um, but still... Even though that was what I wanted to love to do, I still wanted to be like you. Amen. Because you wearing the fine clothes when I'm wearing hand-me-downs. Amen. But again, like I said, my grandmother, she did what she could. She did the best she could. I don't, I don't knock her for what she did, how she did what she did, because what she did in me being who I am now Again, I go back to the scripture, train up a child in the way you should go. And that's what she did. She, boy, look at you're going to come here, you're going to learn how to cook, you're going to learn how to wash dishes, you're going to learn how to fold these clothes. We had to go outside to the clotheslines. Amen. And get clothes off the clothesline. Clothesline, what? Yeah. Before it rained, when it rained, you're going to bless. Wash tub, wash oil. Yes, I was, I was there. <laughs> oh my God. So let me ask, let me, I, I just want to jump in right here because even with all of that and, 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 um, and even with that, you know, the, the men were there and um, you, you, you see other things that you desired and you, you felt that, you know what, it would have made, it, it would have, It'd have been a whole lot better for me if I acquired or I had those things. Cause I did read in the text because you was bullied as well. I said the text or in, in your book. <laughs> scripture. In your scripture. Book. scripture. Let the truth your be known. Right. Amen. This is text. This is the the book of Daryl. Amen. 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 We John Luke and Paul. Oh, amen. Jesus. Amen. I read in your book. I mean, I know that you was bullied and everything. But you said something, you said, look, even as you grew older, you had the job. You had things going for you. But you still was, you were still entertained um, by things that you should have not been doing. You were still, you know, robbing and all those other things. And, um, you know, I think it was still a part of that trying to find out, trying to fill that void. Who am I? I mean, I just believe, I mean, even if Grandmama could have gave you all those things, it still wouldn't have filled the void. It was just an outlet. You know, the enemy was just allowing you to look at that outlet or look at that area 
um, to bring focus to so that he could manipulate and deceive, you know, um, you to um, you to be entangled with his deception. Um, because he was trying to figure out what can I feel the more because the clothes and and I, and uh, and this right here real good because the clothes would have filled you. The, the, the shoes want to make you feel any better. Um, glory to God. You know, the men, did, you know, they did what they could, but that boy, it was still something that was there. It's nothing like trying to find your identity. As men, especially young boys growing up, uh, uh, I can say for myself, when, when you're in an environment, when we're watching the other young men and other boys grow up, uh, especially when they have more or what we we see mm -hmm. as more. See, we don't know what's going on at their houses. Mm -hmm. We don't know how they're really obtaining it. We just know we see them with it. Yeah. And the thing of it is, is there again, we're empty, we void because we want what they have because we've, we've never been given clear love. We always have things and objects, but no one really... we. It's almost, you don't tell me, you don't show me as growing up. We don't show our children or we don't, a lot of us don't teach our children. You don't have this because you have this. You have this because you've been blessed with this. Mm -hmm. So when you look at someone else, you have to realize, did you, you know, instead of putting it in a context or in a format, baby, if you pray and you work hard, we'll get it. Mm -hmm. And then you hear me say we, because a family that prays together stays together. Instead, you have the one or the two individuals working trying to satisfy the children's wants, not the needs. So you miss their needs altogether by supplying all the wants. And what he was needing was love. What he was wanting was more love. They kept seeing the outer side. They kept giving him gifts. They kept giving him talents. But no one heard the real quiet. You just sat me down. And but, say you love on me, and, and and you know taking him places, and, and they kept giving him things of talent, but not of what the love was covering and seeing. And you're absolutely right. It was love because only love can fulfill that thing. But he was looking for love from a father, a father's love, amen. And go to God, thank you, Jesus. And ain't nothing like a father's love, exactly. you know, amen. Go to God, my daddy one day either. Yeah. Amen. And it was more like your situation. It was better for him not, not to, to be, be there than to be there. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And when I heard the story, I'm glad that they weren't there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but, you know, I did get old enough to, you know, older and, and begin to build a relationship yeah, with them. But, glory to God, and nothing like a father's love. And, you know, when you come from that, when you're, when you're rejected by, especially your parents, when you're respected by your, rejected by your parents, you know, that begin to, um, that rejection is such a deep-rooted rejection that does cause you to act out in all, in, form, in all kinds of ways. You know, whether it's promiscuous behaviors, you know, and things of that nature, whether it's, you know, self-hatred. Um, whether it's um, it bring you to be insecure about who you are, have low self-esteem because you never feel that you are worthy 
Well, I mean, just, just as you're saying, when the one that gave me life or carried me or produced me don't want me, then surely who he else wants me? What's the favorite saying? I didn't ask to come here. Y'all did this. I, yeah, it wasn't my doing. So when, when the very ones that has been assigned to you rejects you, mm-hmm. There's no telling what you're going to get from it or what you get out of it if you survive it. Right, and so you said some good, if you survive. And so the pain of that causes you to behave in several different ways. You know, addiction, stealing, joining games, and and all those type of things. Because I'm I'm trying to find something to fill that void. That, that boy place. And I'm going to get to a father's love because we're going to talk about that thing right there. Oh, the love of father. Jesus. But right here, I want to I wanna plug right here because I want to get back in this book. Because it make you do all to that anger. Because that anger is on the inside of you. You know, especially when you feel like you're not worthy then, you know, not having what everybody else had and being picked on by the kids, that brought more anger, that had more wound to the injury that you already had. It brought more frustration and discouragement and nobody picked up on that. And that's going on with children in the day society right now. And so I want to talk about this place where you found yourself at the age of six. Because of your pain led you to at uh, six years old, um, I was in elementary school and my elementary school counselor um, because I was acting out in school um, my grades were average um, they uh, put a stigma on me, if you will, and decided to send me to see a psychologist, um, who in turn um, had me run some tests, um, brought my grandmother in. Um, My grandmother in turn had to bring my mother in, um, who also, um, and before, like you were saying earlier, let me back up too. My mother was there as my babysitter Mm. as I was growing up. Mm. However, my grandmother didn't tell me that that was my mother. Um, So when the psychological session started and my mother had to come is when the story came out and my grandmother said, listen, I wanted her there so she could be a part of his life. Even though I'm raising him, she still needs to be there. So that's why she was babysitting him. No, he didn't know that was his mother this whole time. Um, we had to deal with that. The three of us had to deal with that. Mm. Um, More anger. More. And so growing up, uh, uh, after my incarceration at 21, well, before my incarceration at 21 years of age, she and I and my younger brother had the opportunity to talk um, um, because he's three years younger than I am. And so when he was born, the same thing happened with him. He had to be given up for adoption and my aunt took him and my aunt raised him. 
um, growing up, again, we didn't know we were brothers growing up, and we grew up right around the corner from each other, and we didn't know this. Um, we always assumed we were cousins, until years later is when we discovered, and my grandmother said, listen, that's your brother. And so, that, we had to deal with that, and, and so dealing with that, talking with our mother, um, she and I had our one-on-one first, um, simply because my grandmother and I had a falling out, and my grandmother told me I needed to get out of her house. Um, and so I was on the street for a little while, and she came to me and she said, listen, you need to go talk to your mother. Unbeknown to me, she had already talked to her. Mm. And so when I got to her, and I got to her doorstep, she said, I already know why you're here. She said, I don't have a problem with you coming to stay with me. Um, and so that's when we had our discussion. And I asked her, I said, well, what happened? What happened to cause you do all this. for my father not to be here? And she said, well, this is what happened. I lived with your aunt in Washington, D.C. Um, your father and I, we were together. She never said what happened, how it happened, if he was abusive, if he wasn't abusive. She just said, she just left. And she came to Beaufort, um, South Carolina, where I was born. And we discussed uh, as far as why I was given up for adoption. And she just said that at that time, she wasn't ready to have a child. She wasn't ready to take care of a child. Um, three years later, again, my brother was born. And the same thing happened. So again, I'm looking at her like, okay, wait a minute. You, you did it with me. I'm the oldest. Right. So, <laughs> so what happened three years later? that caused you to say, okay, I'm not ready for another child. And so we, we just, so it, it's been. Nobody de ever dealt with her pain, yeah. Nobody never dealt with her pain. And so she repeated a cycle. Uh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Woo. So he was laying six years old because of your behavior. Right. <clears throat> in the chair of a psychologist that diagnosed you all type of wrong. Yeah. <laughs> all type of wrong. Because nobody wanted to deal, deal with the pain. Nobody went deeper. Nobody looked at the psychological things that was going on. Y'all, I'll tell you, this book right here is so powerful. Amen. So powerful. Because he give his story as he talk about, you know, the things he wanted. He, I mean, he just clearly, look, I was doing all that. I just thought, I, I, your statement you made in the book, you said, you know, I was doing this and I was doing that. And I was acting now, pretty much. You said, I was just acting now and, and just knowing my dad is going to show up and come and get me. That, um, I mean, that was the whole point. I just wanted him. And he wasn't there. And even, uh, again, when I talked to my mother, and okay, well, why would you, why? And, and even in my book, and you and I have talked even prior to now, I continued to ask God over years, even in, while being incarcerated, I said, okay, God, why? Why would you give me the thought, just the thought of saying, you have a father, but he's not there. Because I, I just believe it. I was trying to wait on that. I was trying to wait on this. Uh, I was trying to wait on it. I, I just believe that it was there because 
He wants you, yes, you have a father that is absent, but you got one that is present. Mm. That is little Shabbat Messiah. You got a, a father that's omnipresent, that's always with you. That little Shabbat Messiah, Lord, that will make me preach. I'm trying to, oh, I'm trying to stay calm. But my God, that's just always there. That love. Because at the end of the day, you were talking about that love, and it was that love that you was looking for, that unconditional love, in spite of. And we're going to do a shot. We're going to even talk about that journey to, that got you there to that place. I'm trying, you know, not to just oh, pull us out into some places, but I'm telling you, hey, glory to God, thank you, Jesus, because I know it's going to help somebody. It's going to help somebody out there. That no, even though, yes, you may not have a father. You you have a father that may be absent, but you got a father, a heavenly father, that is present all around you. And if you would just cry out to him, that void, that place of emptiness that you're feeling, that have led you to all type of things, that have led you to places that are added more injury, more wounds, more cuts in your life that have brought you to places of brokenness and it all shabasaya, hurt and pain and that it all saya disappointment. My God, thank you, Lord Jesus, glory. Glory to God. He will give you exactly what you need to satisfy you. He'll fill that void. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He'll quench the thirst. He will satisfy the hunger and it don't cost you nothing. Yeah, boy, I'm going to have to get this to you before I get just I, I, I know what it feels like or I know what it is to long for a father to say I'm happy with you. I'm pleased with you because it, it my father I knew him I knew of him. I hung out with him from time to time before his passing or whatever. Or I should say home going. And to to look at what I could have been closer or what I could have been doing more so to be a, what I would consider to be a better person or a better man. Now I even thank God even the more because even though I wanted him there more, but because of the father who holds our fathers, <laughs> got a chance to put his hands on me first. And had all the grandmothers and then the grandfathers and the, the men that came in and out the life that spoke a good word or, or sat down long enough because even though they, they said things, there's nothing like dad, right. my papa. Right. You know, the, the, the terminology that we use for the one that we come from, their loins, or mm -hmm. we look mm -hmm. just like them, or mm -hmm. we act just, you know, it's hard to see when somebody's saying, you look just like, or you act just like, and like, well, I don't really know, because you didn't give me that opportunity. Yeah. You know, yeah. or you took that from me, so, you know, I really wouldn't know that now, would I? So there's some, there's people today, even now that says, you know, if I knew my dad, if I, I knew my, a lot of times, that's a positive and a negative. Mm -hmm. Because if daddy ain't saved, if daddy don't know Christ, then dad may not be the positiveness that we're looking for. And all the time, we're, what we're hungry for is the father. Not realizing, because we're trying to touch the physical father to, to get to the father. As children, we're going by the next best thing. 
and that's the flesh until we until we are awakened. Then that's all we have. That you know, like you say, all the other boys are wearing this and and they riding this. They daddy picking them up or they going to father son or or man who you hung out with with my uncles them or and, and as we steady getting older. Even though the women are positive or they're good uh, influences, there's nothing like a, a voice that comes from Christ in a male form. Mm -hmm. It's something about when he constructed man and placed man here, and he says, you have dominion, and we, we were ordered to name, we were allowed to name and to do certain things, and he's given us certain... There's nothing like a, a male figure that, is after, that has followed Christ, that has awakened and know that Christ runs my life. When he speaks into your life and he speaks and he shares, and that's, that's a whole nother movement that he, fleshly father can be wrong, but because I have a spiritual father sitting there in place, it's all right. It allows me to go a little bit further. It allows me to do a little bit more. And today, I think we're, 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 we're missing it. Everybody want to feel the void, but until we find the father. Right. <clears throat> And right. then let him shine right. through us. Right. We can't even be better men. Mm. Because uh, 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 to, be a better, to be a better man is to understand who your creator is and why you were created. And my link or my connection to my fellow brother and to my fellow sister. And, and to know or to be able to see one another's pain to say, come on, son, I got you. I know you're looking for daddy. Well, I know he can't be here. Because he's here on the planet, but I know he can't be here right now. Let me tell you what the father of all fathers has told me and showed you and showed me and showed you so that we can still, so when, when, when you do meet him or you do come in place with him, you can, it can be well. It won't be a shock because we're going through the hurt. We're going through the pain that no one but that person. And it's sad to say because what's, what's so funny that I, it reminds me of us being in the same shape that Jesus was in when he went to his father or when we're communicating with him, Jesus said, if you just acknowledge me, I don't care what you did. I don't care how you done it. And we're saying to our father, Lord, I'm, I'm in my wits end. I'm, I'm dead. There's no more life. Even the one that had me don't even show up. And don't even talk. So what, 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 what's, what? I don't want me. I can't get me what I want. I can't even go get what they got. And I don't even know how they got it, but I know I want it because that's what I'm thinking going to make me feel good. And then if I get it, well, it's a moment. It's a moment, but it's not eternal. And the thought of having, and people don't realize when we're speaking to one another, the, the brothering and the sisters and the hearing our spiritual mothers, hearing our spiritual fathers that he has placed on the earth. We get an individual, but there were so many more that come through, that pass through, that when we don't hear them speak from the Father, because when they're gone, then it rings out, I told you to do this. I told you to do that. Then we say, oh, you know what, God? Thank you. Because it's a void. It's a big empty space. It's a hurt that only a mother, only a father can touch that place, touch that spot. Like you said, it was the word of a grandma that shook you. Yep. Jesus. You know, the things in life that we experience, we have to make the decision on how we um, go through, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how we grow through what we go through. Mm -hmm. 
And so we can do it positively or negatively. Yes. And if we don't know how to go to the Father, Heavenly Father, to deal with the disappointments of life, we can grow through it negatively. Very much so. And so, your book, chapter two, created my own destiny. You know, many of us, we create our own paths. And I like this, I like this chapter title, number one, is because it takes owner, you took, it to me, I hear you took ownership. Mm-hmm. That this path that I took, I created my own destiny. I, you said, I, I, I did what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I made the choice to do what I did. And it led me to the places that it led me. It's something that you said here in, um, in your book here. You was talking about the the friends that you were around, and they weren't interested in you. And it's just so ironic, and I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know they weren't interested in you or anything of that nature. Um, you know, and it's still about trying to find fit in somewhere to fill that void. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself within the company of these people. Um, where you wind up drinking, having your first drink of alcohol, you know, things of that nature. And I just want to talk about for a moment because we got people that just, you know, in, I don't know if they're peer pressure situations or, you know, just trying to get in and get alone, uh, you know, trying to get in where I fit in or what it may be. So I just want to, you know, talk about that process, you know, for that moment that led you to the role to even stay in the company of these people that didn't even celebrate you. I think um, the period you're talking about is uh, the transition from junior high to high school. Mm -hmm, It is. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess what caused me to want to be around these particular individuals um, was the fact that we played in the band together. So I thought that because we were in the band together Mm -hmm. that, okay, we cool. When in all actuality, we weren't. Um, I made reference to myself in the book as uh, a joker or a jester, if you will, um, because that's how I felt uh, looking back that that's how they saw me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here, here's, some, here's something. Try this. So to get a laugh, oh, okay, what is it? Well, just try it. Just try it. Just try it. And so I did, um, which was alcohol. Um, and so... They got a good laugh out of it because I never drank before, so of course it affected me differently than it affected mm. them because they right. had been drinking. Um, to see guys my age having uh, three, four different females fighting over them, I didn't have one. Um, so it's like, okay, you got the latest cars, you got all the girls, this is what I want to be like. Because again, I'm looking at an image. I'm looking at uh, a role model, if you will. Right. My father's not there. My grandmother's raising me. So, a single parent raising a male child with no father in the house. So, I'm looking at my mother or my grandmother, and I see what she's going through. So, it's like, okay, in order for me to make her life better, then what do I need to do? So, 
I understand because they just they a lot pastor, apostle, teacher, prophetess. What they don't understand and they don't get, there's nothing like father. When you have a many role models of strong black women, or just strong women, they ain't gotta be black because sometimes they're, they're from other origins. But when there is no, it's, can you imagine, because this is what goes on in reality, when a woman is raising a young man and there's no other men around, how do you say, let me teach you about life? Because the only thing we hear about men is they nasty and they no good. And every now and then you might get a good one they come through, but they saw it so far and in between. And then when you do hear about them, it's because they buying you stuff. It ain't because you love him or he loves you. It's a kinship. Well, you have an interest in you. Right. So you, you're saying to yourself, because you, you're, you're, you're pulling straws. You, you know, you're pulling up a handful of grass and there's really nothing but dry roots there because the only thing left is your fellow peers who look like you, so to say, but they got more because they got two parents or they got a support system and you don't have that and all you see is what they have. You don't know what they're doing to obtain it or even to, you don't even know if they stole it, borrowed it or whatever, but you know, when you look at yours, then what, what do I, what am I working with here, you know? Me and grandma don't even wear the same clothes. Me and sister don't even wear the same clothes. And, and in our society, what we, what we fail to realize that will tear up a young man's image along the way. Women will take and put on our socks. They'll put on our t-shirts. All our undergarment is okay for women, but we cannot do that with you all's garments. We, we can't, if we cold and extra cold, we can't put on a pair of stockings. Express stockings, you know, no, no, it's not heard of it. Oh, but you all are allowed. Everything we have is uni, is unisex. Everything you all own is personal. So even in our identities, we have a hard time. You can wear a woman's shirt, turn around and wear a man's shirt, and won't get criticized. If we walk into a room and our shirt ain't going the right way, now these are peers. No one is going to be smart enough out of the men folk Son, let me come here. Let me take you to the room and let's go shopping. Because we great, we we clean now. We ain't dirty. We we just trying to look good and fit in. Because we don't know. Because it's trial and error. It's test and trial. And we try. We, we we're becoming men. We're not there. We're become. And we're trying to search and we're trying to find because no one is standing behind us in a male figure saying, "Hey, come here, boy." Because all we see is grandma. Get in here. This is what I expect. This is what you need. Well, how can you tell me to be a man when I never see one? Hey, man. But then I, I heard male instinct. And, and I'm going to tell you why I heard male instinct. Because I, as I was hearing you speaking, you know, I heard that, you know, you know, when God brought forth, when God created Adam in the garden, and, you know, in God, um, he created the garden, and then he made man, and he put man in it. Amen. And as he put man in the garden, he gave man a job to do. Amen. And even when he gave him a wife to provide for. And I just, and that's why I said male instinct, because I heard the voice there saying, 
Um, I seen a situation. My grandmother is doing all she can to take care of me, but we're still in a place of limitation. And it was as, as, as if the man on the inside of you rose up and rose up to, to, to come up with a solution on how we can make this better. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How we can make it better. I mean, your solutions, you know, you may not have the right solutions, but the plan in your heart, the thought in your heart, started to stir up. Yeah, was sufficient because that was the man on the inside of you. Now, had there been a man there, of course, to God, thank you, Jesus, to help to nurture you in the right thoughts or the right pathways to take, to be a provisionary as a man, then the pathway probably would have been a little bit more different. Much easier. Because I, I just, oh, shy. He was talking, I was like, oh, that's just man instinct. That was just what man designed to do. And he said, I, 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 uh-uh, something ain't right about this picture. And that's if we don't die out. That's if we don't die. That's if we still hold and don't conform. Because remember, little boys always are active. We all, don't, don't, quit, quit, don't, don't. And if you, if you break it, if you break it before it's very, before it's, as your word says, cultivated, before it matures, if you break that, then you've broken the person. And then what am I left with? Mm. Now I'm further down the way to be resurrected. I got more that's got to, that's got to come back, that's got to be rebuilt, reshaped. Some more got to die, and I, I got to reach back and go way. In this book. Mm. So that, 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 that male instinct came up. What, what, what men are designed by design to do. Design you know, it, it, it just came, it rose up, and, and you begin to use it in you know, your form. And, and so this next title, you talked about the birth of the phantom burglar. Mm. I know, right? This book is so powerful. He talked about envy. Um, we talked about the last chapter. The last chapter he talked about envy. Yeah. In this chapter, he even talked about greed. You know, oh, yeah, he, he dealing with some stuff in life. here, Walking right? Through life. He dealing with some stuff in here, but he talked about the birth of a phantom burglar, and he talks about all the things that was going on. Just great and dynamic for his life, but in spite of all his good experience. That was still a plan that was birthing forth Amen. on the inside of him. That was a seed mm. that the enemy planted that sprung forth, that birthed forth the plantum, the phantom burglar. And I want to say this, I'm going to give it to you in a moment. But I just, I, I just want to say this, you know. Um, and even as the word said, you conceived evil, mm. and you gave birth to it. And and so many times we in life, and I just have to say again, we the things that we need to abort, the things that we need to or we should, Amen. Um, miscarry. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and and have a stillborn with yes. amen hallelujah yes. thank you Jesus um, those things that the enemy placed on the inside of us 
But the only way to do that is that we have to be in that place mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Somebody got to see our pain. Somebody got to see our pain. Somebody got to identify that there is a problem. And the problem ain't me. It's a thing that have happened to me. And because of these things that have happened to me, it's causing me to birth and, and produce all type of behaviors. Make me think of all type of evilness. Amen. Make me want to do something to somebody else. Just because I'm feeling pain. You know what I say? Hurt people hurt people. And it don't matter what form of the hurt is. No, no. And, 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 and how and in what matter. Because I could just even believe that was placing that space in your life back then. Look, you was probably wrapped in so much pain that you ain't mind hurting nobody else. It probably wasn't nothing to you uh, to, to, to do something to somebody. Um, don't set it off the wrong way. Don't, yeah, don't so. say the wrong thing. Because yeah, so. I've been picked on too long. Yeah. And glory to God in this fighting demon going to come up. I'm going to punch you in your face. Right, right. We, go, we, we about to go toe-to-toe in this place if you say the wrong thing. But this birthing of the burglar, what you said, look, I was having this great experience. But even in this great experience, my pain was producing something else. So let's talk about the birth of the phantom burglar. Birth of, of the phantom burglar, the actual name of the phantom burglar came from the police department. Um, being that all of the crimes that I committed um, at the age of 17, they could never catch me. Um, so one night or one day, actually, um, as I said in my book, I got greedy. Mm. Um, I figured if I do this one last thing, since I haven't got caught for everything else, let me just do this one last thing and I quit. Mm. And so my greed is what cost me my freedom. Um, Hold on, say that one more time. My, my greed is what cost me my freedom at 17 years old to end up uh, being in a judicial system, uh, being sentenced under a Youthful Offender Act. Um, and again, the police department was the one who said, listen, this is his name. His name is the Phantom Burglar because all this time we couldn't catch him. So we'll call him the Phantom. So I did um, two consecutive and one concurrent Youthful Offenders Acts. Um, long story short, it was actually 90 days at what is called shock incarceration. Um, because I was uh, in a juvenile facility, which means I had to drop out of high school, mm. um, I got my general equivalency diploma, GED, while I was incarcerated at 17. Um, I got out of that was on parole, tried to go back to school to get my high school diploma from my high school. And the principal told me, no. He said, we can't, you can't come back because you've already, you have a criminal record and you already have a GED, so you can't come back to school. Um, and so I had to deal with um, now having a record at 17. Um, now my grandmother now the person who I'm trying to help get out of the situation that we're in. Um, I've now put her in a bad situation because now 
the uh, parole people now have to come to her house to make sure that her house is sufficient enough for me to live in. Mind you, this is the house that I was raised in. Mm. So now they have to come and say, okay, Miss um, Cook, it's okay for him to come back to your home now because okay. we've inspected your home, so it's okay for him to come back now. Mm. Um, and so we had to deal with that. Um, we had to deal with me going to the parole board every month, um, had to pay a supervision fee every month. Um, again, I'm being raised by my grandmother in a single-parent home. Um, who's struggling to make ends meet as it is. So now I'm adding on another bill, per se, um, to the household. Um, and so now everything that happens now in the community, the first thing the police do is they come. Wow. You're the first. I'm the first person. Yeah, you're on the list. They come sure. to now. Right. Hallelujah. And so now, again, it puts my grandmother in a sticky situation because she's like, now she's hearing it from my uncles and aunts, like, hold on, all your kids, they grown. All your kids are grown. This is not your kid. This is not your son. This is your grandson you're raising. All your children are grown. So what we need you to do is we need you to make a decision. If you keep him in your home, then just know that He's going to either have to abide by your rules or you're going to have to put him out. Because this is not your child. This is your grandson. Amen. You said something powerful right there. I'm, I'm going to come right back to you right there because I just think mothers really need to know, mothers and grandmothers, the impact. And I just want you to do from your personal experience, the impact of when you have that mother or that, that grandmother that's consistently bailing you out, bailing you out, bailing you out. How the influence and the impact of it um, from your standpoint. My, my grandmother, um, I guess from, from her perspective, she did everything she could um, to raise me as a male child. Um, and yeah, it was for her getting tiresome of having to bail me out. And like I said, made mention of, she now has her children in her ear now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to say, listen, this is not your child. This is your grandson. So listen, being this is your grandson, you don't owe him nothing. Not at all. So send him back to his mama so that his mama can deal with that so you can live your life. Mm. Um, and so I had, to, I had to deal with that. And, and it wasn't all of my relatives that said it, but it was some of them who did. Um, two of my uncles, one of which I mentioned earlier that acted as my big brother and another uncle if something were to happen, they would come to me and be like okay, what's happening, what's going on okay, mama called and said you did X, Y, Z, what's up talk to me keep it real, what's up, I don't want to hear her story I want to hear what you got to say oh, okay, so, so we're not going to do that again right, we're we, we not going we're not going to go through that again, right 
Okay, that's all I want to know. We're not going to go through that again. Because if we go through that again, then, yeah, I'm going to have to come, come deal with you. And, um, and I think the next chapter after that was uh, the truth revealed, which was what I mentioned before about my mother and I and my brother and I um, talking with her about our past, about the things um, that took place, why it took place, um, why she didn't learn from me, and why that was passed on to my brother, who was three years younger than me, and he went through the same thing of having to be raised by another family member. Um, and once again, she said that, again, she just wasn't ready um, to raise us. Um, she didn't know, I guess, how to be a parent. Um, and it hurt us. It hurt me because I heard it first. And so after she and I talked is when I encouraged her. I said, listen, I want my brother here so he can hear it from you. I, no, I'm not going to tell him. You're going to tell him why this took place. I know you're telling me I got to watch out for him. Now that I know it's my brother, of course I'm going to do what I can to watch out for my brother because I'm going to make sure he don't follow in my footsteps. But at the same time, he needs to hear it from you. Why did you do what you did to cause us to be in the situations that we're in? Mm -hmm. And where were you at during these times? Um, and, and, and even going forward again, um, 21 years old, I got incarcerated June 27, 1995. Um, I was staying with my mother when I got incarcerated. Um, I was convicted of three counts safe cracking, three counts second degree burglary, two counts malicious injury to real property, possession of burglary tools and grand larceny. I could have been sentenced to 155 years mm. in prison. Mm. I could have been sentenced to that. Instead, and I still say it was God, and that was during yeah, the time, too, that, that my grandmother sent word through my mother to me to say, listen, you're not crazy and you're not fools, so stop letting these white folks think you're crazy. I was sentenced on October 23, 1995, to a 30-year sentence for a safe crack, for one safe-cracking charge, and all the rest of the charges ran concurrent. Um, again, Minister Zorn and I have talked prior to this show, and I told her, October 23rd, 1995 was the day I was sentenced. October 23rd, 2003 was the day I was released on parole to the state of North Carolina. And so people look at me when I say that and they ask me why is that significant? I say, you're not hearing me. October 23rd, 1995 is when I was sentenced. October 23rd, 2003 mm -hmm. is when I was released. So the day I was sentenced was the day I was released too. So instead of doing a 30-year sentence, I did eight years of some change and then had to turn around and do another October 2003 to January 2016 on parole. So this is now, this is now 2017, soon to be 2018. So I've given the Department of Corrections at least 20 plus years of my life. So this year, 2017, has really been one complete year that I have been free. Glory. Completely free. No parole, no nothing. See, no paper. I'm allowed to pray for Jesus. In the hands of God. When just, just listening at it, we often, and it's, it's, it's funny, 
You said October. October 23rd. There's a lot of birthing going on in October days, unnoticed. Even though we, we Halloween and we know it's a big day for Satan and, and what he does, but there was, and, and including in, in the church, was born in October. Yes, it was. October 30th. And when I hear that, the day of death and the day of resurrection, to say, I'm not done. Hmm. That, that, that's, that's what I hear. I, I'm not done. He, Satan gave it his best shot. He played with his best tool that he had was his mind. But somehow or another, you kept it together long enough to receive one word that turned the whole light on. And, 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 to, and, and I, can, I can relate. I'll be 50 uh, in April of, of the year coming. For nine, my sister be 32. Nine years of her life, she never saw me. My mother never told her that I was her brother because I was the oldest child. I wasn't at home. I didn't call home. I didn't come around home. And when I did see my sister for nine years of her life, we would meet at my grandmother's house. Mm -hmm. So she assumed that I was her cousin. And she asked my grandmother one day, how is Pat related to me? And my grandmother looked at her real strangely. What, what do you mean? Now, there were three other children at the house with my baby sister. And she said, well, every time I see Pat, he's over here or he's out working. And, you know, because he, he don't come by the house. And uh, I don't never hear mom talking to him on the phone. You know, how's cousin Pat? She says, that's your oldest brother. That's your mother's first child. Just like your mother was your sitter. My mother was more or less like a cousin to me. That, that whenever she wanted to, she tended to me. Whenever she didn't, she set me on the shelf. And so I, I, can, I can relate to looking and longing, but thank God we're dealing with what we have, doing all kind of things and thanking God that he's keeping us throughout all this madness. Yeah. It says we steady throwing more dirt on the grave, waiting to be resurrected. Because all it's going to take is one word. All it's going to take is one hug. All it's going to take is just, 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 it's not a lie. We're not asking for a lie. We're not looking for a lie. But thank God, he sent what we needed, when we needed to say enough is enough. Rise up. Mm -hmm. Shake yourself. Because the gifts ain't never died. He added to them. We didn't go, we chose to go without when we went without. Anybody that can pick a safe, anybody that can rob somebody and walk out and walk around, believe me, that's one of the greatest talents. When you can go into the devil's territory and take back what they've taken and then exploit it and do what you want with it and they don't know whether you came or whether you went or you coming back or did you get enough or you frequently visiting or you watching, that's a powerful thing. So when I think about when, when when I think about the scripture, the devil come to steal, kill, and destroy. Folks don't really realize when you have the gift and the talents to do that to one another. We don't see how we do that to one another. You have the gift to kill, steal, and destroy. You can cause me to rise up and cause me to have a, a better life. You can cultivate me and make me better. You can give me birth and not cause a miscarriage. 
uh, 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 still, but if you, you can bring forth, you can allow my vision to run free, or you can let me lay down, and you can put more dirt on me, you can uh, talk about me, you can uh, make me feel little, and make me, and then in the dark places of my mind, in the dark places I create, the, the, as they say, my mind becomes the devil workshop instead of the, the Lord's praise field. And in return, all that God still keeps his hands on us. Saying, but this one is mine. I know you're doing what you want to, but this one is mine. And in due time and in due season, I'm going to shake him. And the thing of it is, is he going to be well enough? Because in this process, we hurt. Hmm. And hurt people hurt. Other people. But when I sit in the word, will he be able to hear the trumpet? When he said, Lazarus, rise up. Are we going to be able to hear that sound to know that life is spoken and now I can get up, I'm no longer dead. I can shake that. Yeah, you did that. I'm okay with it. I got to adjust. I got to, my helmet been hit, but hold on. I got, I got to shake it off. I got to reset it. My shoes loose. Hold on. I got to, Tighten them up a little bit more. You you hit me a little bit. I, I, I got to tighten up, but I didn't lose my arm. Mm. To fight the good fight and to stay in there, to know that no matter what, I ain't going to go out vertically. I'm going to stand up and rise. I'm going to live. That, you know, how many people today think that we're trapped in death? <laughs> that we're trapped in the hurt? Not realizing I can get up. I don't have to lay down. I can get up. Jesus. Who is that? Walking around Jesus. in the grave clothes. Yes, yes, he yes. He told Lazarus, he said, when he got up. See, it was more than just about rising up. Being resurrected. He said he had to take off the grave clothes. Because the grave clothes keep you bound. The grave clothes keep you wrapped. You know, when, when, you, when you was dead back then, they would wrap you in this garment. The grave clothes. In grave clothes, they'd wrap you. And so, so many times we wrapped yeah, mommy, in grave mommy, clothes. I, yeah, mommy. We, in mommy. grave clothes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And because of that wrapping that is there, it keeps us you know, going to be involved in getting in situations and circumstances that keeps us dead mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and physically. So I want to get there's so many it's, it's good stuff. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff in this book. I mean talks about his process in prison and talks about what led him you know, to that, in that final place in his charges, and he talks about all that stuff, and healing, and all that, but I want to get to chapter 9, I just want to skip over everything else, and go to chapter 9, he talks about his prison life, I don't, did I skip your chapter with your wrestle with God? <laughs> my God, my God. That chapter is titled, Me and God. <laughs> Me versus God. No, I ain't skipped that one yet. I ain't skipped that one. I mean, he deals with um, 
the Phantom Burglar Strikes Again and Welcome to LCI, which is the prison institution that he was in, and his view on prison life, reality versus the unknown. But I want to just jump right on in over here to being raised from a dead horizontal. So this point where you realize that this is a dead situation. I'm, 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 I'm dead here. I have died in that process. Resurrection, God, Jesus. The chaplain um, uh, at the time at Beaver Correctional Institution, his name was Chaplain Jim Brown. Um, he gave me a, a, a book by Dr. Tony Evans mm. entitled No More Excuses. Mm. Um, and he would tell me to read it. And he was like, okay, you're going to read it, and then I'm going to call you back, and we're going to discuss the chapters. Now, before I get to that, I need to back up and tell you about somebody else who has also or was affected uh, with this situation and this uh, decision that I made. Um, there was an unborn child mm. of mine. Um, that was affected by all of this as well. Um, I saw her for the first time when she was two months old. My Lord, my Lord. And I was behind prison walls when I saw her mm. at two months old. Today, she's 21. 21, and she has a two-year-old. Um, so during this time in my life, she was affected. Her mother was affected. Amen. Um, and so to get to the point of being raised from a dead horizontal is where Chaplain Jim Brown stepped in and he said, listen, not only do I want you to read this book and we're going to discuss it the next time I see you, but I also want you to keep a journal. Now, not only that do I want you to keep a journal, but I also want you to make some goals. One of your goals is going to be that when you get out, mm. you are going to be a part of your daughter's life. My God you're going to stop the generation curse of not being a part of your child's life because your father wasn't there for you. No, you need to be there for your child. Um, look at God. Look at God. So through Jim, Chaplain Jim Brown and an organization called Kairos that came into the prison system, the religious organization, um, I met some other individuals um, who faith-based from different churches um, and I got to 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 because we did we had this wrestling thing Jacob even said I wrestled with God yes yes he did yes he did you know I was like the young man who said listen I'll I'm under this juniper tree. Let me die. Okay. I don't want to live. I want to die. I'm tired. Jonah. I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of doing time. I'm tired of affecting other people's lives. Just take my life. Mm. I'm, I'm tired, God. I'm tired. Every decision I'm making is affecting somebody else. I'm tired. Just end this for me so I don't have to worry about this no more. My grandmother's health is deteriorating. I'm tired. 
She already said, listen, you in prison. I'm not coming to see you. I'm tired. So where's my support system now? She was my support system. She's not coming. So now what? Um, from the book, No More Excuses, he introduced me to Naeem, Naeem Akbar. Um, from Niggas to Gods. Well, no, Visions for Black Men. Um, and I even said in there that I was that whining, crying little leech. I was, I'm tired. <laughs> okay, God, what do you want me to do? Right. I'm tired. I'm tired, nah. <laughs> okay, I, I'm at my lowest. I'm tired. I heard the word that you sent. I'm tired. I don't see no way out of this prison. What do you want me to do? Because right now, I'm, I'm ready to just say, you know what, forget it. You have allowed me to go through all of this. I'm telling you I'm tired. I'm telling you I'm ready to die. Just take me out. And so hence the chapter, me versus God. Hence the chapter, being raised from a dead horizontal because he sent men. Mm. Chaplain Jim Brown. Um, other men who were part of Kairos to come to me and give a word and like, look, bro, listen, what, you, you going through what? Okay, listen, like you said earlier in the broadcast, they said it, you shall live and not die. They said it, okay, God asked the question, can these bones live? Hey, glory. You shall live and not die. All you got to do is just keep going. You got this. A young man who's do, still doing time right now, his name is Willie Brown. He has a life sentence. Mm. Even during the time that I was in prison, he was encouraging me. I got into a situation where I almost put a young man over the top tier. And he literally told me to put this young man down. He said, because if you kill that young man, you ain't never getting out of prison. So in prison, there were young men. There were men who came. Uh, William Creel, Mr. J. The names go on and on and on. Of men who I was doing time with. Who said, listen, you have a release date. Mm, let me plant mm. the seeds. Mm. You have a release date. Let me go back and plant the seeds. Everybody else, they don't have a release date. They got a life sentence. They not getting out. The only way they can get out is in a body bag or a brown box. Amen. Or their parents come claim their body. But they're not getting out. So don't let nobody deter you from getting out. Hence being raised from a dead horizontal. Because again, and I acknowledge it, if it was not for God sending the word to say, listen, I got you. Oh yeah, I would have been probably still... 2017? Yeah, I probably would have still been in prison right now. As you was talking, um, I, I thought about what you were longing for for Father. God sent so many. <clears throat> he sent so many in the structure, in, in, the, in the manner that you needed to hear. In his, his form. And then they told you their stories that you could relate to to say, okay, here's my connection. 
But now I can ask, or I can say, what did you do? How did you handle it? Or I could see their outlet well enough now that, well, I couldn't even talk to another one. I, I, I got a view now. I, I got a vision now. Before there was no, I just wanted to get up out of here, or I just wanted to die, or I wanted to have what somebody else had. But now you've allowed me to create my own vision, and you have pushed me into my destiny. You, you've caused me, you've caused that light to no longer be a flicker, or just, you've caused something was dead to breathe again, to want again, and then to see the baby. And, and it's interesting because <laughs> you allow a woman to be your main protector, cause a woman to trigger the flame to make you think again, but he caused the men to give you the backup and the wisdom that you needed so that your daughter, who needs a provider, to go to say, okay, even though my dad didn't get it, he got it along the way enough to give to me so that I could be a stronger woman. But look where he had to take you to give it to you. God is always on time. Always a provider. As they say. But because we've never been taught true love to recognize it. Okay, but... I want this, I want that, I need this. I, okay. And because of the adversary coming in to steal and kill and destroy. Okay. I'm going to put him in the, next to the worst place in, in the world. When I make you be still, you can't do nothing but hear me. And when I speak, you got to hear me. Because ain't nowhere for you to run not to. And even in there, life was still presented. Because... You had the opportunity to take someone else's life like you offered yours up to be killed. Someone else was still on that same journey. Only you got to be the person that was going to do the killing. And even in the midst of that, he's touched not. Leave it alone. Shut it down. That life is still connected to yours. One, you pull a knife. This one, you was holding someone else's. Still to have a sentence. Still to have a destiny stripped from you. And he still turned around and gave you more. Well, who was it? Was it David? Went to prison. And he did nothing wrong. And ended up being such well known. Got a chance to rule the whole kingdom. Jesus. Look at you now. I don't know if you guys heard. And I pray that those that are out there watching, mm. that you heard the release. That you heard the sound of freedom. Because I heard the sound of freedom. He opened his mouth and he said that, he told me, you got to release that. Somebody need to get that. <laughs> you gotta release things. Yeah. This thing ain't unto death. Mm. You are shabbat You ain't on death row. Shoulda, coulda, but ain't. You gotta release things. Yeah. And God just God want His people to hear. Mm -hmm. Through that. You gotta release that. 
This thing ain't even to death. You gonna break. You gonna break. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Through this situation, through this or that, you gonna break away from that mountain that's been holding you down, that's been killing your dreams, that's been killing your vision, that's been sucking the life out of you. This thing ain't unto death. No. I don't care what your mama been through. I don't care the things that happened in your family lineage because you are a child of the most high God. The one and true only God. My God who is the resurrector of life where nothing is impossible for him to do. Oh baby, you got a release date. Yeah, And I just believe that on today because so much power has went over the airways. I, I through the testimony. This woo, if you only knew. This testimony that it just went through. I, I just believe that it was some release. Release that. What's today? The release that. Even for those who would come back in. And and hear this broadcast. Oh, your release the release is here. Mm, yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Your freedom, he said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And even as God is using Minister Daryl Cook, amen, to tell his story. To touch your heart to know if God did it for him. That he could do it for you. See, he was dead mentally. He was dead emotionally. Oh, psychologically, he was dead. My God, my God. Emotionally dead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because of all the things that he had inquired in life. And there's some people that's listening. There's some people, uh, my God, that's watching uh, who are in those same state. Uh, oh my God, I'm dead, dead spiritually. I am in a dead state. Uh, my God, and I know that Psychologically, the prison that he has placed you in to kill your dreams and your vision, your purpose, your destiny. In the name of Jesus, we're declaring and decreeing in this place that every wall of hostility that the enemy has risen up in your life to keep you imprisoned from moving in your purpose, from moving in your destiny, from being free in the things of God. We destroy them right now in the majestic name of Jesus because we're declaring that today is your release day, that you won't die in that pain, you won't die in the hurt, the rejection will not kill you in the in the majestic name of Jesus, 
Brokenness won't kill you. Broken heart will not consume you. In the name of Jesus, oh, we speak life to every dead situation. We speak life to everything that the enemy, hallelujah, has stolen, has killed in your life. In the name of Jesus, because we serve. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection of life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How if you will just hold up your hands and begin to cry out to him. The psalmist said that I called on the Lord. And he delivered to me from all of my fears. See, because it's the fear that got you in prison. It's the fear that will cause things in your life to yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. the fear. Yeah, Lord, oh, Messiah. Somebody's also said he delivered me from all of my troubles. And God said, according to the very plan that he has for your heart, the plan for your life, uh, for good and not for evil, yes, yes, for yes. future and a hope. He said, if you will cry out to me with your whole heart, he said, I will hear from you. Yeah, he said, when I will hear from you, oh baby, I'm going to bring you back from the places of captivity. Yes. Hey, the death, I'm bringing you back from death. I'm bringing you back to life. I'm bringing you back from captivity. I'm raising you up out of the grave of disparity, of desolation, of poverty, of hopelessness, of brokenness. I'm bringing you back to life from the Nashama Messiah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, from my God, the death, the resurrection, from domestic violence, from rape and molestation. I'm bringing you back from that death, that print, that death sentence that the enemy had placed upon you. He said, yes, the enemy did it. He meant it for evil to take you out. But God has declared that I did it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that he did it for your good so that lives can be saved in the name of Jesus. So you had to go to a dead place. To find life. Hey, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that thing was being dead for your good. Hallelujah. Even in prison, just had to take you over to the side and cultivate some things in you. My God, the enemy was trying to take you out, but God said, I'm producing some great things so that lives can be saved, so that lives can be transformed, so that lives can be changed. You got to understand, no matter what state you may be in right now, that that thing is working for your good. In the name of Jesus, you got to just continue to hold on to the hand of God, the promise of God, the word of God for your very life. Yeah, you yeah, He said, he said, oh God. Just confirmation. Just release it. Release it. Release it. Release our property. 
Oh, Shia. Released. Out of lack. Released. Just hold on. Hold on. Out of insecurities. Just release that. Yeah, release. Hold on. There is a tomorrow. Hold on. Don't give up. Release day. The day of the Lord is upon you. Yes. See, when the day of the Lord comes, glory to God, thank you, Jesus. It comes up on you. Yeah. Not bypass you, but come up on you. There is a release. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That set you free. That's a release that make you hold. That's a release. He said, it got a chapter called No More Excuses. Yes. That calls you to take ownership. Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But even with taking ownership, responsibility and accountability. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And be developed from your mistakes. To be developed through that pain and yes. develop in that process and what you had to go through. Yes. So that you can be positioned in the kingdom. Mm. Yeah. What a position. To be positioned in the kingdom for the work that is called out in your life. Yes. yes. Being raised from a dead Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. If you are there, know that no matter what your situation is, you have a release date. Know that you're not alone. Even though you may feel like time has played out and you have thrown in the towel or thrown the towel out, Know that there's a release date. Suffering is but a night. Suffering is but a season. Hold on your date and your time is coming for you to walk in the glory and the honor and the destiny that God has prepared for you. Just hold on. So much is going on for the believer. See, you ain't got to always be a sinner to, to be on death row and to be dying. And, and, but to the believers, because you get tired, you get warm, you get weary. And, and sometimes you, we can put on death clothes. We can walk around. Yeah, you're right. No, we got believers right now in the church in dead clothes, in dead situations. They dress it up on the outside where it look all good. But internally, that ain't nothing but death. Emotionally dead. And that's why they can't even say hi to you. <sighs> oh, um, that's why they, they look down. They look uh, looking down at other people so that they can feel just a little bit better about themselves. Well, it goes back to I want what you have. I'm looking at what you got. Because when you look within and God has glorified and, and, and raised you to a level, you excited just for who they are. He said, I'll worship with you. I don't even have to have them. But because my brother and sisters were down and out, and now that they've recovered, I rejoice. Because wait till my day come. If I rejoice with you and yours, if I suffer and go through with you and through yours, oh, what a day, release day, when mine come. 
when I can watch, watch you walk across, when I can watch you dance across, when I can see the gates open for you, oh, but when my day comes. In this book, because even in the release date, see, the release date can't come until you deal with truth. You got to deal with truth. And many of us, of us is dead in these places mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we've been dealing with lies. Yes. We've been dealing with deception. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they've been keeping up in us in place of disparity. And it been keeping us locked up and um, chained and shackled. And the word of God tells us to buy the truth. Mm-hmm. And do not sell it. Yes. Gaining wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And so we got to find the truth. We're going to get ready to pray in a moment. But before we pray, I want to, as a man of God. Hallelujah. No, we're going to pray and we'll come back. Because I want to you know, let them know where they can give you pick up this book. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Apostle, I want you to begin prayer. When he finished, I want you to grab prayer. And then I'll grab it. Hallelujah. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. God, we just want to say thank you right now, God. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to die so that we can live. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the release date because God, had you not released us, we would not have a date to come home. Lord, because of you, someone can see a little bit better now. Because of you, there's still hope. Because of you, someone can walk out where they were once locked up. God, because of you, what they couldn't think, now they freely to think and move. And we want to say thank you. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the rightly dividing the word of truth. Thank you for wanting just to be close to you, oh God. Because God, we don't want to live our lives and die and go to hell. So we thank you right now for this place and time. We thank you for confirmation. We thank you right now, God, because only you and you alone can re re resuscitate, cause life, bring us into abundant life, create, reshape, remold, and make us, oh God. And you alone, oh God, we glorify. Lord, you told us we have sit before kings and queens, oh God. Lord, when they thought they had thrown us to the side, when they thought our name had been erased, oh God, you put it up in lights. And we glorify that, oh God. We magnify you right now, oh God, as we're here in your presence. Lord, as you're causing things to shake in the atmosphere, as you're allowing people to understand, Lord, I'm not in it by myself. I still got hope. There's still love. There's still joy, oh God, because it's just around the corner. It's happening even now, oh God. We magnify you for that, oh God. We glorify you for that, oh Lord. Lord, watch over us. 
Keep us, oh God. Don't let the enemy snuff us out, oh God. But turn on the lights, oh God. Cause that flame to become a flicker, to become a flame, to come a blaze, oh God. In the name of Jesus, continue to bless us, oh God. In the name of Jesus, it is so. Amen. Father, you said in your word to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify yes. your Father, yes. which is in heaven. As we come before you, Father, we say thank you for thank just you. being with us, guiding us, strengthening us in all that we say and do. We ask that you continue to go before us to make the rough places plain and the crooked places straight. Yes. Um, so that everything we say and do will be, will touch somebody's life and they'll know that it came from you. Yes. As we continue to go forward, Father, with our different ministries, God, we ask you to continue to order our steps in your word. Let not any iniquity take over us, God. As we continue to go forth and touch lives, Father, you said to go ye therefore and teach all nations. And so help us to continue to do that, God, in our own way, doing the things that you would have us to do, God. So somebody will cry out, somewhere I yield, I yield, what must I do to be saved? We ask that you continue to guide us, God, continue to strengthen us, continue to protect us, our families, all those we come in contact with, God, and just help us to be a beacon light of hope for somebody, God, that we may come in contact with. And we will forever continue to give your name the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father God, we just continue to just lift you up. We thank you in this place yes. in the name of Jesus. We thank you for divine visitation in the church. We thank you, oh God, in the majestic name of Jesus for those that are under the sound of our voices. That, Lord God, even right now, their yokes are being destroyed over their lives in the name of Jesus. That every stronghold of the enemy, that it is being demolished right now in the majestic name of Jesus. As we're declaring and decreeing that they shall live and and not die. We thank you, God, that even right now, that somebody, Lord Shabbat is coming, oh God, and Lord God, and surrendering unto you, that your children, oh God, are coming, oh God, and that they're crying out to you, and that they cry that you're hearing their voice, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that they will come and dwell in the secret place of the Almighty and dwell, oh God, and then I in a bind in your shadow, God, that you will become their refuge, Father, in whom they trust. In the name of Jesus, you said in your word, God, hallelujah, to fight with those that are fighting against us, that you will contend with those that are contending against us. And we thank you, God, that even right now, that everything that is contending with your children, no matter what it may be, that you are contending with it, Lord, on their behalf because vengeance is yours and that you are vindicating them, Lord God. In every situation, in every circumstances, the Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. 
that you're touching your children right now from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet and you're healing them emotionally and mentally and psychologically Lord and physically God in the name of Jesus from every hurt pain and anguish that they have encountered oh God even that from childbirth from the womb of their mother oh God and to this date on today God so that they can be released in purpose so they can be released in destiny so they can be released in the power of the Holy Ghost God so they can know God and Hashem Messiah so their dreams can be resurrected so that their goals oh God can be resurrected yeah Lord some visions can be resurrected again in the majestic name of Jesus we're pleading the blood of Jesus on the life and we thank you God in the majestic name of Jesus that you said no weapon no weapon no weapon, God, that is a little Shabbat Messiah that has been formed against their lives shall prosper. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, that not even the gates of hell shall prevail over their lives. We thank you that even right now that every tongue that has risen up against them that is being condemned in this very hour that you're silencing the naysayers you're silencing the voices from their mind from out of their ears oh god that they will have an a, a deaf ear to the lies and the deceptions of the enemy god in the majestic name of jesus we thank you god that even right now that you're calling them to come forth. That you're calling them to arise. To raise, to rise up from that dead place, from that dead situation, from that dead circumstance. That the enemy was trying to bury them in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That they may rise up and take off the grave clothes so that you may be glorified in the earth as they give their testimony just as your servant have done on today brought forth his testimony about being raised from a dead horizontal so they can tell the story so that you may get the glory God in the name of Jesus that in this truth on today, that they shall be set free in the majestic name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We give you glory in this place. And it is in the name of Jesus that we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And amen to God be the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. The stillness. In the atmosphere. The stillness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Man of God, if you can give the people in the last many thoughts that you may have and 
give them how they can contact you and connect with you because you got much ministry yes. on the inside of you. If if you have a youth ministry, if you deal with troubled youth, mm. hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. If you have a young men group, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, um, that, that needs someone to come and minister to them, to speak to them from that those places in which they are dealing and dwelling in. To have them stuck and have them bound and have them in places mm. of confusion. You're looking and hearing tonight yes. from a man of God to have the solution in which they need to be set free. Amen. If you have an organization that deal with youth or young men. Um, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. That need to be empowered into their destiny. You want to contact and reach out to Minister Daryl Cook. Because he can walk the walk. He can talk the talk. He got the wound. Yes. To prove it. Amen. How about Shia? I'm hearing so many things in the spirit right now. But I'm going I'm to I'm close my mouth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to let you have... Mm. Go ahead, man. Just... Mm. The last uh, chapter in my book is entitled The Journey Home. And in the last page of the chapter, it says to be continued. Yes, it does. The reason it says to be continued is because the journey is not finished, the journey is not mm. over. The release date has come. Um, as I made mention of earlier, this particular year right here is a full year that I have been free from the Department of Corrections. Um, as I made mention before, my, my daughter is 21. My granddaughter is two. Um, I'm a ministry leader. Uh, I'm a youth teacher, a part of the United Missionary Baptist Association. Um, I connected with Minister Zorn and others to tell this story, to give this testimony, to let people know, as we said throughout this broadcast, you shall live and not die. Um, the situation, the circumstances that each and every one of us have been in through, um, we do have a release date. Um, the question is, when your release date comes, are you prepared for your journey home? Mm, that's um, good. And that, in part, is why the last chapter of the book was entitled, The Journey Home. Mm.
because through it all, through all the prison time, from the time I was born to the time of my incarceration to the time of my release, I went home. I went home to see the woman who raised me, mm. who had now suffered a stroke, who had now not looked the same. All these years of pain and her health was deteriorating. I went home to see this woman who instilled in me to be the man that I am today. And when we embraced, the last words she told me was, you finished, right? We ain't got to worry about you going back, right? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not going back. And she said, okay. In her passing in 2008, I went to see her I went to see my grandmother in Mother's Day of 2008 and I took my daughter with me. And during the time she was in the hospital, um, and my uncles and aunts were there in the room. And I walked in, and my mother pulled me back out of the room, and she said, listen. She said, Mama is not the same person that you remember. She said she has Alzheimer's. Mm. She suffered a stroke. She's lost weight. So before you walk in that room and you see her, do not cry in front of her. I walked in there. My aunts and uncles were there. I had my daughter at my side. And I looked at her in the hospital room and I said, Mama, I said, do you know who this is? And she looked at me and she looked at my daughter and she looked back at me and she shook her head, yeah. And I said, Mama, I said, I need you to tell me who this is. Mind you, my mother just told me she has Alzheimer's. Mm. Mama, who is this? And she said my daughter's name. Mm. And then she went on to ask for something to drink and she went on to ask for something to eat. And my uncles and aunts said to me, she said, they said, all of them said to me, they said, it doesn't make any sense. We've been trying to get her to eat and drink all day long and she wouldn't do it. But here you are, you came from out of town, stepped in the room and now she wants to eat and now she wants to drink. I stayed with my grandmother that night in the room and I told her point blank. I said, Mama, I said, you did a good job raising me. We good. <laughs> you did a good job. You don't have to worry about me no more. I'm yeah, fine. I'm good. And so when I went home back to Charlotte, we got the call uh, maybe in June that she had passed. 
But I say all of that to say, again, the last chapter in my book was the journey home to be continued is the last line in the last chapter of the book is to be continued. And so for anybody, me, you, you, anybody, uh, the, the, our journey is, is not over. Mm -mm. Um, again, we touch lives in our own way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Apostle, teacher, preacher, whatever it is, we touch lives. Yes, yes. I gave a class um, during the fall session of the United Missionary Baptist Association to five young ladies. I talked about myself from my book in third person, the whole class. They didn't know it was me. We talked about bullying, cyberbullying, body shaming. Mm -hmm. I brought it to reality. I said, listen, what if this person was in your class right now? They didn't have an iPad, iPod, cell phone. What would you do? How would you treat them? What would you say to him? One girl in the class says she tried to commit suicide several times because she was in the same predicament. Oh my God, oh said her parents didn't even know about it until she was at another relative's house. She took some of their pills and they had to rush her to the hospital to pump her stomach. So this is real. Yes. Oh yeah. The testimony is real. Oh yeah. Even though everybody doesn't the enemy come is real. Right, he his job. He's doing. Oh, he's on his job to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Mm. So he, he's on his job. He's on his job. But as we said, all broadcasts, it, it, you got to live. It's time to live. It's time to be raised from a dead horizontal. It's time to live. We talked about Lazarus. Jesus called Lazarus by name. He said, "Come forth, mm -hmm. Lazarus. Come forth." He's calling each and every one of us by name. Come forth. He told the people that were there, loose him and let him go. So he's calling us for it. And he's telling other people, okay, loose him, loose her, loose him. Let them go. Go forth. Teach, preach, touch lives. Um, as far as how you can purchase a copy of... Being raised from a dead horizontal. The church. Um, <laughs> you can contact me via email, uh, d underscore o n e i l two thousand one at hotmail dot com. Um, the book can be purchased off of Amazon dot com, uh, Barnes and Noble dot com, Books a Million dot com, uh, <laughs> or just contacting me directly to get a copy. Of personally from me um, my website is uh, www.anointedcreationsbydarylcook.com there you'll see a whole list of other services that I offer from videography to artwork uh, to my book you'll see examples of different videos that I've, 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 I've done for To just touch lives um, from the ministry that I'm a part of to a church that uh, Trinity Park Baptist Church who has their sermons on YouTube um, from the uh, New Generation Minds as a part of my own church St. Paul Baptist Church um, you name it is there um, mm -hmm. again the site is www.anointedcreationsbydarylcook um, my number is uh, 704 uh, 953 3132. Uh,
that's pretty much all I have to. Amen. It's thick in the church with the anointing. So, and we're trying to push through the anointing. That it's thick. It's oh my God, Apostle. I'm just going to bring this to let you all know how real it is. Uh, just on today, I woke up this morning and when I woke up, I sat on the side of my bed. My whole day was so backwards, I couldn't even push it forward if I wanted to. And from Monday to Friday, all discombobulated in my head. And started doing things that was supposed to be done later this week. I started trying to do it this morning. And when I realized it, I just stopped and I started crying. And the first thing I said to myself, Lord, if I just, if, if I could just get in a hole, if I could just die, if I could just, I'd be all right. Because I know how to work hard and I did enough. And I don't know if they know my name or not, but it's okay. Just, just a sign of relief because we get there. We have those moments. And I sat there on the side of that bed for a moment. And I was talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I, I'm tired. And he said, it's okay. He said, but the Spirit said, well, let that flesh die because we got something to do. I'm crying. I'm ready to die. Now, we just performed a wonderful ceremony the day of it. And I know God is real, but... The moments in our life, the times in our life that when God needs to be God, he gives us exactly what we need when we need it. And in the end results, to make a long story short, on my way, my, my supervisor had called me twice because I went to the hospital to go sit up at the hospital not realizing that that appointment ain't until Friday. Then I realized my supervisor, where are you? And I'm trying to figure out, okay, I done twisted these days up. Now my job is on the line. It's going to be hard to explain why am I sitting here when I should be in a kitchen somewhere. God gave me the words. In return, when I got to work, there was such a great need for me that they were so happy to see me. Everybody standing in the door waiting for me to come in. We're glad you came. We don't know what happened. We don't, we don't care what happened. We're glad to see you. We want you to come on and do it. And I'm saying, I said, Lord, but I was ready to die. Then at the end of the day, Two phone calls came through that says, financially, we're going to bless you. And financially, we're going to get you together. And you won't have to worry anymore. The struggle. Being locked up. See, well, all the time we don't have to go to incarceration. Sometimes it's outside mm -hmm. while you're running around free. Like mm -hmm. you say, that situation, that circumstance. Mm -hmm. But my parole time was up. My release date was up. I could get free. I've been sitting and waiting and waiting. Lord, I, I know you're real and I'm looking for my father because my physical one is gone now. So I thank God because the book is real. And I challenge the people, get the book. We're sitting here with the author, but get the book so you can feel some of this anointing that's in the room. What? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Jesus, oh my God, you talking about me? <laughs> so, Hallelujah. Oh Jesus, Hallelujah. just trying to keep it together here, amen, uh, glory to God. First of all, let me say this, man, I'm going. 
Jesus. Thank you for gracing us in the church today. Amen. 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 It's been such an honor. Yes. And a privilege to have you in this place. The anointing is on your life, man. The anointing that destroys the yokes. And you know, you guys, even as you're speaking about just that release, the releasing. You talk about the journey home and mm. that to be continued. And, you know, I you was released into oh, purpose. Time to live now. Released into purpose. Glory to God, thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah. And as you've been released into purpose, we just declare, mm. hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Over your ministry. Glory to God, thank you, Jesus. That there should be open doors. Open doors. Hallelujah. For your ministry. That's going to cause a lot of people to live. Yes. <clears throat> to be revived. Amen. To be resurrected. God going to use you to save the soul of many men. Yes. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm talking about a man in the state of female and male. Because of what you have endured. And all because of the favor. Favor. Of God upon your life. Because he set you apart. Set you apart for such a time as this. God is so strategic in what Shabbat and what he do. Because when you got children, when you got suicide, and not, when you got suicidal rates as high as they are in these days. Yeah. Because of the different emotional challenges that people are going through and nobody is dealing with. Nobody wants to acknowledge. And it'll help you. In this time. Completely free. Nothing. To hold you back from moving from state to state, mm -hmm. from nation to nation. to nation. In the name of Jesus, we thank God in this place that thank you, thank you. even every stronghold of the enemy that want to block your pathway, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they are being destroyed by the fire of the Holy Ghost, even right now, in the name of Jesus. For you shall tread many places. Yeah, my Shabbat And bring deliverance unto mankind. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thanking God right now for the traveling miles. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praising God right now. Um, 
for the flight tickets. I'm, I'm praising God right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For the destinations that he has already appointed to you. And see, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I thank God for every person that he's placed your ministry. That he's put your name in their heart and in their mind. And I know you're all shy. I got some. Yeah, the, the travel, God just wants you to know that this traveling, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, is compensated in the name of Jesus. That ain't your motive. But God said, because for that in which he took from you, the enemy, all those years, mm-hmm. he got to pray restitution. Yes, he did. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Restitution had to be paid for that. And as you go throughout the land, mm-hmm. tearing down the enemy camp, yes. restitution is yours. Yes. Compensation is yours. See, it's something about going in the enemy camp. You know, God would allow them um, to go in the enemy camp. Now, sometimes he say, go and destroy everything. Mm-hmm. But then there was some times he say, go in the enemy camp and go and destroy all the enemies. But the silver, the gold, the cows, you can, yes, you can keep that. And y'all already, y'all always know my favorite. Every time there was an exile in the book of Exodus and with the book of Ezra, when they came out mm. of the bondage, when they came out of exile, they enemies. Those that had them in exile had to give them what they needed to go into into the promise, to go into into their freedom. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Those things are paid. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. On both ends. (laughs) Jesus paid it all. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You have man to pour into your bosom. (laughs) Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, because you're It's making room for you in the workman is surely worth his hire. Yeah, boy, shy in the name of Jesus. I'm gonna shut down right there. <laughs> oh, because no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, neither is it a thought of man what God is about to do in this man of God's life. And I'm praising God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, because I know the level of demonic forces mm. that you sit to destroy mm. in the land was able to hold up because there's a warrior on the inside of you. 
there's a spirit of David. I'm, I'm hearing David. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the spirit of David is upon you. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to end here in the church on tonight. Amen. But we just bless God for being in the church Amen. on tonight. Amen. It's very powerful. Very powerful. Hallelujah. I told you. I told you. I told yes, you. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that God has something very special in store for you on tonight. Right here in the church. Amen. And we thank you for being here with us on tonight. And glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and we'll be back next Monday. Mm-hmm. Amen. At 6 o'clock p.m. <laughs> it's the seven time. <laughs> You know, we was on we was on Pacific time tonight. <laughs> what time we was on that? I don't know. It was Pacific. Yeah, it was Pacific time. Oh, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But, hallelujah. We'll be at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next Monday right here in the church live in Atlanta, Georgia. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. I prophesied. I ain't get my... <laughs> It just was sentence, amen. Amen. Well, we talked about your release day. You're going to be released. That release, amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It is so that you can be a bond servant unto the Lord. As He push you, as He call you by name into your purpose, into your destiny. Mm-hmm. So He called Lazarus by name. Yes, He did. Isaiah said, <laughs> For my mother's womb, he called me by name. And so, your name being called so that you can go and move into purpose in the name of Jesus and proclaim the promises of the Lord. But we'll be right back. Um, now we won't be right back in the church. <laughs> Next week, next Monday in the church, you can connect with us on our social media platforms. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. On Instagram and on Facebook, it's in the it's in the church, and on Twitter, it's in the church live. You can also connect with us on our website at www.inthechurch.com. We would definitely, definitely love to hear from you. Connect with you. Glory be unto. Of the Lord. We will see you next week in the church. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It's 6 o'clock for you. 6 o'clock. He's at the time. Amen. We on time. Apostle. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we're going to have another powerful episode for you, for you, right here in the church. So until next time. We're going to go in the love, the joy, the peace, the favor, and the anointing of our most holy Savior, who is none other than Jesus Christ. And it is in his most holy and majestic name that we've convened in the church. Amen, amen, and amen. To God be the absolute glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Applause and all that 